0: And now here's Randy. Good morning. Thank you for tuning in to listen to A Fine Time for Healing. I am your show host, Randy Fine. When when bombs are dropping everywhere, some freeze, some flee, some panic. When facing these unthinkable realities through three wars in Israel, today's special guest, Eliana Gilad, Simply remained incredibly calm. Sitting in a chair in Northern Ireland as the bombs descended, she opened deeply to her inner voice and new peace. Uncertainty can lead to fear, anxiety, and self-sabotage. It can stifle creative problem-solving and silence self-expression. It can keep individuals from taking the risks necessary to express their true voice and live in authentically fulfilling life. Uh, Eliana Galad is the founder of Voices of Eden Ancient Wisdom and Healing Music Institute. She is a highly proactive in using the power of voice and rhythm as conscious tools to help humanity grow toward a better tomorrow. Let me um, unmute. Okay. There we go. Good morning, Eliana. Welcome. Good morning,
1: Randy. It's wonderful to be here, and thanks so much for inviting me. And hello thanks. all who are listening. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: where are you calling from, Eliana?: I'm calling in from uh, Los Angeles, looking oh, okay. out at the Hollywood sign. literally. Is
0: that where you live?
1: That is where I live, yes.
0: Okay, So your story is a really interesting one. And um can you give us kind of a a background on where all this came from where you, where you got inspired to do the work that you're doing
1: Sure well I said I'm you know I life you know life is larger than us and there's a uh, you know there's a larger paradigm you know more of a like feminine way where all of the ages and the times and the seasons you know like mother nature all exist at one time so i'm though i've lived the majority of my adult life overseas i was born and raised in los angeles i was born underneath that hollywood sign at cedars of lebanon hospital which i guess was a prophecy of my future in the middle east because i <laughs> lived uh 20-plus years in the Middle East through three wars, uh, social unrest, displacement, and come out, you know, emerging triumphant, you know, I've really learned in my life how to thrive through uncertainty, and that's a big, you know, that was a big testing time those years in, you know, in, in Israel. And yet my entire life since being born underneath that Hollywood sign from the day I came into, you know, this life onto this earth, I knew that I had this clarity that we each have a gift, you know, and a voice that nobody else has. And it's part of the game of life to discover what that is and then share that. And, you know, grow- being born and raised in the U.S., I really had, you know, it expressed itself in achievement and, you know, looking good, even though I was conscious coming in. But you know how there's, you know that feeling, Randy, where, and so many, I think, are feeling it these days, where, you know, there's something inside of you, a nudge and, you know, an inner clarity that, that's driving you, though you might not have words for it. And do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I do. And actually, that, I didn't have that my entire life, but I had it um, well into my adult life, probably in my middle ages. Um, that's when I began to feel like something was trying to arise in me. Some message was trying to be conveyed to me, and I didn't know what it was. Um, but yeah. it, was, it was strong. Yeah,
1: exactly. so, yeah. Well, it came to a point for me in my early 30s, you know, it's that. And for listeners, you know, if you're not quite sure what we're speaking of, you know, what I'm really noticing it with a lot of uh, of our clients today, it's like they're, they come in overwhelmed with anxiety, you know, and feeling discouraged and, and disconnected because they're really. We're very conscious people, you know, (laughs) and but disconnected from, you know, from our authentic expression and doubting, you know, maybe I think a lot of people are hearing their inner voice, but not trusting it, you know, doubting it. And then that causes such anxiety and such overwhelm and depletes us. And then we have everything going on outside that, you know, will just exacerbate that.
0: That's so true. I mean, anxiety is probably the biggest complaint that people have. <laughs> uh, so so, you, um, so this book that I'm holding in my hand, emerge, Thrive Through Uncertainty, Emerge Triumphant, um, this is the second book in the series. And the first book was called Miriam's Secret, Revealing the Ancient Wisdom of Feminine Leadership. So you've revised, updated, expanded. Um, when you talk about Miriam, you're talking about biblical biblical Miriam. Uh, yes. Okay. And and and.
1: Mm-hmm. Go ahead. So so yeah, the the biblical prophetess Miriam. And when I say biblical, please, this has nothing to do with religion or a dogma or a belief system. So. Listeners, whatever you hear, <laughs> this doesn't have anything to do with religion, even though in biblical sources we hear about Prophetess Miriam. The Prophetess Miriam is an archetype of feminine leadership. Um, I myself, I'm born of the Levite tribe, so this is, I'm direct descendant. You know, I'm, I'm a Levite tribe on both my mom's side and my dad's side. Again, nothing oh, wow. to do with religion. Nothing to mm-hmm. do with religion. Right. Um, Perth is, you know, pre-biblical times, actually, for the majority of our human existence, you know, forty, fifty thousand 50,000 human civilization, not existence, civilization. <laughs> uh, but I could probably say I would surmise also our human existence we've lived according to a feminine worldview where there are many levels of existence all at the same time, kind of how I started answering the first question that, you know, things are cyclical. Whereas, you know, these last few thousand years we've been living a masculine worldview, meaning not man or woman. I use the word masculine and feminine from masculine meaning cognitive, meaning, um, you know, we live in a world of duality as opposed to a feminine worldview, which is organic, holistic, and there are many levels of reality going on all at the same time. And they're both of them. It's not one or the other. They're both in existence at the same time. And her, her story and her leadership and her ways are so, so important for us today to remember because it provides for us a, a gap between our inner knowing and our outer expression. And the book is, it's not a cognitive book, it's more of a workbook to enable you to connect inside to your clarity and then have a bridge with, with the tools to have a bridge to then express that in the outer world because you then take your you know you tap into your own self-leadership that activates your power from inside instead of
0: outside of yourself And that's a wonderful thing we should all learn to do. It's so important because we do have all that knowledge within us. It's it's incredible. Um, So what was it about Miriam that made her uh, such a powerful archetype to to the feminine? Well,
1: that power knows its value. It needs no ratings. Doesn't say, look at me. I, you know, when we think leader today, it conjures up leader follower. That's in the world of duality. You know, that's right, masculine, feminine leadership. It was through her leadership that Moses was even born. In fact, there's a, you know, one in the um, in the ancient commentaries of the ancient scripts. It's it's told that when the pharaoh decreed murder of the firstborn hebrew males their father Amram, who was head of the community said no way no they're going to murder the firstborn males i'm going to divorce my wife they're not going to be any and the whole community will follow suit there won't be any babies na, 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 na. and miriam comes to her father and says you know father, your decree is worse than Pharaoh's because he decreed, you know, the murder of firstborn males and you're, you know, you're decreeing the decimation of your entire people. So listen to me and listen to me. Good. You take your wife back. You will have another child that will be born and he will be the leader that will lead humanity into the next, you know, into the next phase. And the father listens to her. I mean, there's a and there's a lot more about there's a lot more connected to that and and uh, in the book there are exercises too of you know how do you like when you made a mistake or you kind of find yourself sabotaging yourself you know how how you could actually allow for that to turn around to be your best friend so the father listens to the daughter and he takes his wife back and Moses is born. And it's she, you know. You don't need to know Bible stories. And again, this has nothing to do with religion or dogma. No need for it or belief system. You know, maybe you've seen the Disney movie. <laughs> <It's> a little <laughs> right? You know, like right. the, the sister takes the sister takes the baby down to the river. Well, that's Miriam only we never see Miriam as the leader because and I think that's the brilliance of this ancient feminine paradigm you know the leadership paradigm is she led from the side it's like invisible yet so obvious in plain sight <laughs> and god yeah. bless that because we have you know and all of the tools that the ancient leaders and the healers, you know, leaders would go to temples and they would avail themselves of special applications of sonic applications that would bypass the intellect and bring them into their inner knowing, you know, to higher mind. And that would bridge that higher knowing to the cognitive such that there would be a balance. And then they'd have the clarity to know what to do next and without anxiety. And that's what Voices of Eden is a resurgence of that whole way. And it's how I live. That's how I've lived my life for the last 30-something years. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so give us an example of, of how that would look in our lives. Which part? Well, the, the fact that Miriam used the, the, feminine, um, the feminine wisdom, um, to create such immense change and to make be such an influence, <clears throat> how would oh. we use something like that in our life? By speaking up. How well do you speak up
1: for yourself? How well do you, how well do you stand in your power when you're in when you're meeting conflict? How well are you uh, showing showing up and being of service? others, things that you know about yourself, but maybe they're not understood outside or um, that maybe with your clients in a work situation or your, you know, or your bosses or your employees, you know, or in your family, that you have a clarity of what's right for you and you um, speak up for yourself. You stand in your power. And you get flack. You know, yeah, the, there's a,
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know, and and so the, you know, one of the allegories with Miriam is that, all right, so they're in the desert for 40 years, you know, like lockdown for 40 years, <laughs> <laughs> Not two, 40 in the desert, in the, you know, in the middle of nowhere, nothing, nada zilch. <laughs> okay. And, and uh, she, so I'm not going to go into the whole story, but bottom line is she, you know, Moses, 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 right? You know, that's what, you know, and she's like, you know, like, what don't I, I don't have a voice. And uh, God, you know, I mean, this is the, you know, strikes her down, sends her off to the leper colony for, you know, she's shunned. It's like our greatest human fear of being ousted from the group. And you know it, think about it when you're in a desert, you know when you're in lockdown isn't that what's happening today? you know with the social unrest yes. and divisiveness if you you know so many people don't, won't dare to speak their truth because they're afraid of the quote unquote authority but who's the authority? Are you giving your power away to something outside of you, or are you acknowledging? your power from within, and that's how Miriam knew to to uh, show up, and that is how she led. So she goes off to the leper colony, and there's, uh, I mean, there's wonderful stuff in the book about that. You know, what do you do when you do get shunned, when you do stand up, and, you know, what what did she go through? What You know, how do you show up for yourself and still be in the world, you know, but not of it? And, you know, that story tells of her, so she goes away. And as soon as she goes away, then, you know, Moses and Aaron, they're pleading, no, please, please, please let her off!" you know, no, no, she didn't mean it. Not she didn't mean it, you know, but they're like pleading for God to, you know, to stop punishing her. And the people would not leave camp without her. That shows, you know, it's like the look like leader, you know, of what we know today, the leader of the people like Moses, the, he, 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 and the people, they wouldn't leave without her.
0: That so shows the dependence she was the one that, on, she was the one that would find the water, right?
1: Yeah, and they said, yeah, uh uh-huh. She's the one who would find the water. They said, there, you know, there was a well. and I mean, there's so many different levels of this. And, and what's really cool is that, you know, when we explore this in the book, there are exercises that help you to go to different levels to, to get clarity within yourself. You know, if you're exhausted trying to figure everything out you know, and you can't figure it out, this is an alternative way. And you can't figure it out because where we're going to is another paradigm. And the answers do not lie. We're, we're trying to solve the problems with the very thing that causes the problem, and that is being in our minds and trying to figure things out. That's masculine approach. Again, I'm not talking about man or woman. Right, right. Just, I get it. I get it. We all, have, we all
0: have good sides, masculine and feminine. Yeah, I yeah. It doesn't yeah. matter
1: what your sexual orientation is or your belief system. You really, it's, just like, it's another
0: paradigm altogether right just great yeah like yin and yang and all you know there's there's so many different examples of that so you're you're talking about speaking up um and having a voice and which is interesting because you use your voice to heal and tell us about that tell us about exact i know you used to use your voice staying on the train um and this was something you developed over time. So, what was all that about? Same thing.
1: And uh, I, I heard you say you use your voice to heal. And um, well, on one level, that is true. But if here's an example of like going into your well, you know, you're inside for your own clarity that really you're already whole there's nothing really to heal and it's more um, imagine what happens when you connect to that part of you that's whole to the source of your power and then through the instrument that is you you know through your body through just being who you are when you express your voice through from that connection it, it it is healing because it's coming from the wholeness, versus 99.999999999% right. of healing modalities, including sound healing and and, uh, and and the way we approach healing is coming from a perspective that there's something to heal, okay. and then you never get to the end because it's already from the get-go coming from a place of there's a problem. It, it's from okay. the disconnect. And this is an so what,
0: approach where. So what you do is not sound healing. It's, I... <laughs> it's not. It's, it's not. You know, because I've had sound healing. Um, I've used it um, where they create certain resonances and um, pitches and things like that to heal um, aspects or to. Bring in harmony. Let's just say it like that. Okay, to bring that's beautiful. Action. It's such a beautiful. Yes, that's such a beautiful example, and it does work.
1: Right. If you want to put this within the frame of sound healing, call it sound healing on five thousand percent steroid. Steroids, because sound healing, like what you just said, you know, they'll, you know. uh, use certain frequencies to get to, I can't remember what you said. Harmony. To bring harmony. Yeah. Okay. Well, bringing harmony supposes that there's a lack of harmony. Not that there isn't a lack of harmony. There is a lack of harmony, but it's coming from that place of, you know, the yin and the yang, like you said. And, okay. and, and this is a, so here we go to the source, we start at the source of the sound, which is silence, which is beyond any sound. In that place, it, it's hard to speak about because it's beyond mind. But it activates, you connect in a way that activates your power at the source of your power that then connects you to your to the sound that is resonant with the wholeness that is already there does that make sense
0: yeah um in your book you say um Perhaps the gift of ignoring our authentic voices is that when we finally have enough pain and suffering, we surrender. When we surrender, we are free to listen. We can follow the whispers of our hearts and souls, which provides us with a deep sense of fulfillment and satisfaction. Perhaps this explains why surrender is called sweet. <laughs> so, is this is this what you're talking about? This surrendering yeah. to, to the silence. That's a- yeah, that's a beautiful, beautiful example. Yeah,
1: and then when anything that you do from there, you know, whether it's using sound, whether it's speaking, whether it's singing, it is, it's an entirely different paradigm. It's the difference between, um, let's say, with a speaker or a singer, you know how... Okay, you know, there's some who just, they're very convincing and they're great orators. And then there's the speaker who just moves you to your core. It's so simple. It's not what they're saying. It's where it's coming from. Okay.
0: So your voice, um, so what you do is sing. Now, tell us about how that works. I mean, we all sing in the shower. We sing in the car. (laughs) What's different, what's, what's different about what you do, what your singing is about? It's not about the singing.
1: You know, we have a therapeutic singing certification. People come into that and they go, okay, what are we going to sing? You know, what are the vibrations, you know, what, what you're talking about? Because that's what we're used to. And that stuff is wonderful. There's, you know, it's a, there's no right or wrong, good or bad. This is just a whole nother, it, it is... Um, what gives you your confidence, you know, how, you know, we learn modalities and then we go to employ them. And then, you know, there it, it's the, you are the master already it saves you so much time. Because uh, I will never open my mouth if I'm not first connected to the source of the sound, why would I do that? It's just going to be another ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba. The world doesn't need that. I mean, that's not my place. Nothing wrong with that. But I'm, my intention is to be in service to the sound that then allows for the listener to connect to the source of their power. And what is very, the listener,
0: And what is the listener hearing? they're hearing you singing just whatever comes out of your mouth or um, are you, are you chanting? Are you, you know, are the these whole, ancient songs?
1: They're not, what is it? No, they're not. No, they're not ancient songs. There, there's a whole uh, pattern, you know, we, uh, you know, in order to bring this forward, not this singing forward, but what this whole, it's not just, Sound either or your voice. It's an entire self leadership, self knowing approach. Such that how, how do you how do you talk about that? Number one, it took me 12 years to even be able to enunciate anything about this. I'm still learning. You know now I'm on you know now I'm on the book tour in you know radio where 30 <laughs> thirty second use 30 second sound bites today i got to go back to my cbs background
0: right Um, exactly
1: because it's it's another paradigm um i'm sorry what was your question i got off
0: track um (laughs) no that's okay that's okay i was just kind of asking well you i mean your life has been about using your voice you were um you did did voiceovers for the the um, french um olympics and um you know you've you've done You've worked alongside Marianne Wilson- Williamson and then um, the Don't Worry, Be Happy, recording our artist Bobby McFerrin and, you know, Donald Walsh and all those kind of things. So you've used your voice quite a bit in life.
1: Yeah. Now, here's the thing. How did I
0: get to Marianne,
1: Deepak Chopra, all those places? I didn't go market. It came to me. That's part of the feminine leadership part. That's how powerful this is. I don't have anything to prove. I'm in in service to, you know, that clarity that I've, you know, that I've received. My role in this life is, you know, to be in service to the resurgence of this ancient way. It's my lineage. Nobody taught me this. Nobody told me go do this. It wasn't an idea that I went to go do. It's from within and daring to listen to that. And, you know, and every person who's listening, you have that inside of you. And I know you know that, but we don't get a lot of support in this life to listen to that and follow it. When you listen and you dare, that's why I'm here. Dare listen. It will take you to good places and you have something that no one else has that you won't get to it by following 12 steps to something and the this vibration and the that vibration and the I am just using that cuz that's what we're talking about. You know, it's not outside of you. Your answers are inside of you. Okay? And this is you don't need any approach. You don't need voices of Eden. Booy. <laughs> you, you. you are how can all come through you. You already are. How difficult is it to express what's in your heart? Sweetheart, right. it's right there. You're so valuable. It's right. just that we have lifetime in, lifetime out, um, programmed inside of ourselves, you know, in that co- beautiful cognitive mind of ours, you know, that's trying to keep us small, that it. you know, that it's another thing outside and another thing outside and the this and the that and the other thing. And what this approach really helps us to do is break that habit. It's not any new there's nothing no, you know the anxious scriptures, right. There's nothing you new know, under the sun. Yeah. Except the practices. the
0: concept the concept is, is very easy to understand. Um the, the part <laughs> this conjures up images of Yoko Ono screaming because it's coming from the depths of her soul, but it's definitely not inspiring people. It's making people run. Um, But, you know, is, is this what we're talking about where she just feels this is coming from her and she should let it out? No, that would be an expression. Okay. All right. So
1: there, um, No, it's very kind and loving and gentle and compassionate and, you know, um, and I want to answer the question I remembered afterwards about, you know, about this meeting. Um, So when you mentioned my singing on the trains, you know, after CBS...
0: Yes. What would people have been experiencing when they were on that train? Well, would they have well, been you singing songs, or <laughs> what would they have then been? Then I was. Yeah. Well, then I was
1: singing. It, th- that was 1992. Wow, it's 30 years ago now. <laughs> Amazing. What you would have experienced then, if you got on the RERB train and you saw Eliana Gilad get on that train, she would have been singing a Hebrew spiritual and amazing grace and it wasn't about singing those spirituals it was that they were the tool that would stir up what was underneath am i crazy am i nuts have i become a bag lady <laughs> what am i doing here on a train after broadcasting the the olympics to 60 million viewers in the united states have i totally gone off my rockers what will they say back in hollywood that's what was going on it wasn't about the scene it was the stuff would come up and i put the releasing the letting go first put your and freedom why, first
0: and why on it why on the train
1: because that's what my uh, uh, why on the trains. Because uh, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, like I said at the beginning of the interview, that you know, I knew coming into this life that that each one of us has a role, and for you know, from 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 age zero to took me thirty something years <laughs> to discover that. You know, what am I doing here? What am I doing here? What am I doing here? And you know, and, and then. You know, I got enough clarity that like the U.S. isn't my place. I left the states, ended up in France, and um, you know, ended up at the had thrown away my television set here. Ended up broadcasting the Olympic games from you know from Europe to, and I had never done that before. Did it in one take. Listen, just listening within and putting, and daring to. Trust what I'm hearing. I call this in the book and, you know, in all of our trainings, it's like the three C's of feminine self-leadership. It's one, you have to first dare stop long enough to listen to yourself. Because if you're trying to figure it out, it's we're still in the cognitive place and the answer just isn't there. Some people may be listening now and saying, what is she talking about? She's like so off the walls. You know, the sound bites aren't clear. she just womans out of her mind, and you'd be absolutely correct. I am out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> I am totally out of my mind, and you've got to be willing to go out of your mind because when you go out of your mind, there you connect to your knowing, and that provides you with wisdom. And that provides you with the very clear, concrete guidance. That's how I got to CBS. Would you like to broadcast the Olympics? Would you like to present at the Chopra Center? Would you like to present before the United Nations three times? Would you like to be on stage with Bobby McFerrin? Would you like to be with Marianne Williamson and Don, you know, all these names that you spoke about? It's like that's where it comes from. Not from any particular thing, just being of service. Right. And so... You know, I got to the, again, even after CBS, found myself working for a living. And at the end of that year, I go, you know, God, I can't do this anymore. I just, I need, like, I need to know why I'm alive. What is my role? And it's not having a job, you know, as sexy as things could be. It looked great from the outside, but it felt from the inside and during those Olympics I prayed to use my voice for a higher purpose and I decided that if I get um, if I get the bell ringing inside, I'll say yes to the work and if there's no bell I'll say no.
0: Wow you can't how are you gonna have money? How are you gonna pay
1: you know all that stuff. <laughs> I, but I was on this do-or-die mission, and I, you know what? I would rather be dead than live this hell that I was living inside of myself. And so I said no enough times that I did run out of money, and I didn't eat for two days. I literally was on this do-or-die mission. That's how, it, that's how important it was to me. Not that everybody has to go there. That, for me, was what it was, And I had this, but I had a monthly metro pass. So I could, you know, I could ride around the trains of Paris. And I heard about this uh, spiritual support group for creativity. So I thought, well, you could go there and imbibe some inspiration. I don't know what to do. And from the metro to the meeting place, I remembered that everybody's supposed to bring something with them. And, you know, I was this yuppie on the spiritual path. I wasn't a figure, I, but I remembered this Hebrew spiritual from my Hebrew school days. I thought of my need to share something, I'll sing that, but I won't have to, because I'm going to just sit in the corner and imbibe the inspiration, and I get to the room, and they're sitting in this huge circle, so I couldn't hide, and I sat at the end just praying that the, you know, time of the meeting would end before they got to my turn, and that didn't happen, so it got to my turn, and I sang that Hebrew spiritual, and, and there was this focus in the room, and at the end of singing, I told them, you know, I shared what I was going through, that I was on this do-or-die mission. You know, I need to know what my role is here, and don't offer me work. That's not the issue here. And this man comes up to me. He goes, your voice speaks. He puts his finger in my face. He goes, your voice speaks, and you have work to do with your voice. And he puts his hand in his Pocket and takes like brings out this crumpled piece of paper and on it he writes these the names of these two train stations because tomorrow morning you go to the first train station you get on the R E R B line and you sing that
0: song that people want wow. to hear.
1: <laughs> okay,
0: so you were what inspired you to know. do this. Okay, okay, encouraged really? and inspired. Okay, and so
1: I ended up going I almost didn't go on you know but at last minute the doors were closing and I like superwoman open them up I go good morning I have a small song to start off the day on the right foot and I start singing this spiritual and everybody's with books before the days of cell phones you know their books and their newspapers come down and at the end again there's like this silence you can cut with a knife because they're waiting for me to bust. and you know it's like but I go, God, either help me now or I'll die on the spot. The choice is yours, but I'm not going to be asking for money here. And what came out of my mouth was, I'm not here to busk. And if I have anything to ask you for, it's that you really be kind to yourself today. And if somebody actually here will do something kind for themselves as a result of this, then I've given big time. And I found myself walking up and down the aisle wishing <laughs> people like a good Californian, have a nice day. You know, they put
0: oh money my in my
1: hand. I had no hat. No, I, I hadn't brought a purse. I had no pockets. And, you know, I, and, and I made this pocket out of, I was wearing this like long dress. And, you know, I walked out of there. And for the first time in my life, Randy, I knew I had added something. Because it's, you know, it's sexy to say about, you know, broadcasting, you know, for CBS, blah, blah, blah. But it's not sexy to say I sang on a... But for me, it was a game changer, because I didn't need anybody else to acknowledge what I was doing for me to know my value. And I did that for a week. At the end of the week, I I was offered a very cushy job, you know, where the bell rang, and I had to decide, am I going to Continue on the trains or take the job because I could do both, and I at that point, I realized I had the clarity finally after all those years of my role, which was to use to use music as a tool for us to stop and connect within that if we'll only dare stop long enough, we could find the answers to any question 24-7. That's the see C, C, the connect. And then if we dare listen, you know, then we can develop the courage to trust what we're hearing. That's the second C. That Then when we learn to trust what we're hearing, then we can act upon it, which brings us to the third C, confidence. And that's what brings us the confidence to share our beauty and you know the gifts that we have and that brings untold good. And I did that for an entire year, six days a week. That's a hundred forty four thousand people. Amazing stories, miracles happen and people would go, My God, that's a book. That's a that's a movie. You've got to write it, you know, and I said, I will one day and you, know, you got to be on media, and it's like 30 years ago is <laughs> when I, promised, you know, I made that commitment. So Miriam's Secret and, and this book and and this media tour are being on this show right now. And those of you listening, it's such a – you're such a beautiful testament. You are living proof that that good actually works because that's a commitment I made to you to – you know, avail and be of service in media for constructive purposes. Like when I moved to Israel, I did not continue with CBS because, you know, it was clear to me I was going to be selling fear of, you know, what's news, commercial news in the Middle East? It's just war, and no, the world doesn't need another person selling war. Selling fear, excuse me, not selling war. We already have right. war inside of it. But when we solve the war within, then there's not a then we learn how to make peace. That's what I learned living through those three wars in Israel.
0: So, so, we're, so the way we each express it, what comes from us, is not always going to be through song or music or whatever. It could just be the spoken word what that's it's beautiful. Different, yes. It's different, it's yes. Different. For each yes. Okay. Okay. Yes. That no need. I mean,
1: this is not a singing modality. It's not a sound <laughs> healing modality. Okay. It's not a drumming modality. There are elements of those things in them. And if you are a sound healing, you love those things. Oh my God. You know, people who love those things love this because it takes your, you know it takes your speaking it takes your singing it takes whatever you do to an entirely different level and in a way that's natural and you know and and comfortable for you because it's a it's a way to connect to your own authentic self expression it's not something outside of you that somebody's going to teach you that you then have to go use it's a way to um, it's a way to connect to the power that is residing right within you and to start um and, and to gain power and control over your voice instead of your giving your power away to
0: those conditional voices all in your head <laughs> and outside. Right. right. So you also um you talk about um Indifference, and um, I, I like what you say here. The worst form of cruelty is not hatred, but indifference. With hatred, you know where you stand. Indifference is a total lack of acknowledgement of worth, which is really interesting. I think it um, resonated with me because the work what? I do is with, with well, the work I do is with people who have been abused. Uh, with by narcissists, people with narcissistic personality yeah. who have been treated as if they're ob- objects and there's no acknowledgement of their worth. So when I read that I'm like, yes, that is extremely painful for someone to be indifferent towards you. Yeah. And and you know, on both
1: sides too. I mean that's that's so powerful what you're saying, Randy. You know, and think of the other side, the you know, the perpetrator, how much how how much they are ignored, ignoring themselves. They're so disconnected from their own right. power. Absolutely. And so off, you know, that would cause them to be you know, that, that that's how they be befa- that's how they behaved. You know, if, right. we if we knew better we would you know, we would be better. Yeah. And so right. that uh, no, you even you say that in my heart Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> yes,
0: that's, that's tenderness. It's so it's people come out of these relationships not knowing who they are, not feeling they have any worth. Um, and, you know, one of the questions that I ask the clients that I work with, I'm a narcissistic abuse coach, um, tell me who you are. Tell me, I don't want to know what you do. I don't want to know the roles you play in life. Tell me who you are. And it's complete silence. They say, you know what? I don't know. I don't know. And this is, and part of the work that I do is helping people open up from within and figure out what's there. So this, you know, this resonates deeply with me. Um, Oh, yeah. Uh, It's. And thank you for the work that you do. It's so,
1: you know, that's that's so, so poignant and so important. And, yeah, it's what I, I, I I believe that that's why that's the, maybe that's the inner motivation of Mm -hmm. my having the faith and the courage to walk this walk over these 30 years. Because that, it, it, and I'm still learning. You know, it's what I yeah. love too. It, ne- it never gets old. But it, it's like the more we become empowered, the deeper levels of that, um, of that, um, the residue of the initial trauma comes up. I find it mm. myself. Right um and the difference is is that it helps me learn to be so kind and gentle and compassionate with you know with yes. myself enables yes. us to and and there lies the solution because right. we're, if we're you know, not, like yeah. If, if we're right. not
0: kind and gentle with ourselves, then we're not happy. We're miserable. We have yeah, to be. It, that's the first. That we have to be okay with us.
1: We have to love ourselves yeah. and treat ourselves. Yeah, exactly. It's like the you know we're not responsible for what gets triggered or what happens, but we are absolutely powerful and responsible mm-hmm. and accountable for how we respond. No matter if we're beaten, you know, I don't know what, one day, uh, one day in the trains, I was, I I spoke up, I was beaten in plain daylight, beaten (sighs) there on the, and uh, all these memories came up, and the one who came to my side was this gypsy girl who I had seen beaten and I went to, you know, the beaters, <laughs> it was like this underground society, you know, on the trains. Like, I could write a <laughs> whole book about that.
0: <laughs> it was really amazing. Oh, I learned so through. much.
1: It was, I never thought of that. Maybe I will one day. You know, If people want it, God, I'm open, just then let me know. <laughs> um, but, you know, when that happened, uh you know, her kindness and also the men, because when I saw her beaten, I went to the men, but I didn't talk down to them. I, do you, maybe you don't realize what you do. Look at her, you know, and that uh, somehow I was able to go there with kindness. And so that when I was being beaten, they could show up for me with kindness. And mm-hmm. that gave me the confidence to, stand up to this man who was terrifying was a violent person and yeah. I took it I took it to court and I was and in France it was illegal to sing on the trains oh my goodness <laughs> You never, <laughs> I never thought of this thank you Randy for bringing this up no this was a I totally forgot about this one yeah so it was illegal I used to get tickets and until like the police, they hide in the trains and they come in terrifying. Um, and what am I going to do? Am I going to tell my truth and take care of myself? Or am I going to stay a victim? And there was no right or wrong. I had the choice. Uh, no, in order for me to move forward, I have to speak. I have to show up for myself. Uh, maybe my purse was taken. I can't remember. But I remember going to the police until I was singing in the trains, I said, I know, I said, I know it's illegal to sing in the trains. <laughs> I said, but I'm not, I'm never asking for money. I'm not busting, you know, and it's a spiritual path. <laughs> I'm telling my truth. You know, I mean, they looked at me like I was off the wall, off the moon, but I guess they're used to seeing people off the moon, you know, all the time. You know, I said, this is what happened. And, you know, so they came and they took him away they got him and then they let him off the next day.
0: Oh, uh, sounds like what's going on today. <laughs> exactly what's going yeah, yeah. on today. I
1: mean, that's the system, but then what do you do at that
0: point? You know, and I would see this guy,
1: I just kept practicing this approach and you know, and in the end, uh, we met we met outside. I, I remember having a conversation with him and going, "Well, we blah, blah, blah you know i respect uh, respect what you're doing you're <laughs> not in the same place're <laughs> uh, not in the same place, and thank you for the lesson and you know and I moved on then I never met him again, you know, and I don't know you know I left France I moved to israel yeah. i you know whatever whatever the next thing was, but the the empowerment was empowerment of that whole thing it wasn't whether he got lost away because if I cared about him being lost away I'd still be a victim like my peace is dependent upon this guy there are a bazillion and one people like that
0: you're talking about forgiveness no. it's really what you're talking
1: about and even beyond forgiveness it was more my willingness to say because I had to give the details and I was terrified to mm-hmm. tell my truth because my truth didn't was against what the consensus was. It was against the physical law. Like I was doing something that was yes. If you look from the outside, it was against the law. But I never asked for money, so it technically wasn't against the law. Right. And right. I'll have a, a, I'll have, I have one last story because, given who your audience is, I think this could be very empowering too. That, so then I graduated to the inner-city trains, to the SNCF, to the, like, national train lines. <laughs> and, and so one day, I'm from Paris to Versailles, and I'm sitting at the Versailles thing, you know, waiting to get on the train, and this policeman comes up. And I'm, like, inside, I'm terrified. And, and he starts chatting me up. He goes, where are you from? And I'm goes, oh, I'm here again. Go, yeah, he goes, well, what's your, you know, what do you do? And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> uh, I'm a singer. He goes, a singer? He goes, what kind of music? I said, well, spirituals. And, and he goes, oh, where do you, where do you sing? And, uh, you know, and then it's like, am I going to tell the truth? I said, "Well, all over," and then you know that voice inside said, "Show up." I said,
0: it's "I sing on the trains."
1: I said, "Where I, the most important place though is on the trains." She looks at me like I'm from the. I go, "I know." I said, "I know that it's against the law, but I, I don't ask for money." I said, "And and you need to see what happens in the trains. It is so powerful." I said, and I. I, you know, and I respect the law. So when the train comes, I'm not going to get on. You know, you, I I really, you know, I respect you. I respect your work. I'm not going to get on. And so the train comes and the doors open and we're speaking there and it's like, and the people are watching this conversation. Like, and you can kind of like feel the stress because if a police is stopping you, there's something wrong. And so, you know, I motion to the police to, you know, go, you know, go ahead in the train. You know, I'm not getting on. And he does the same to me. No, go ahead. Oh my on.
0: gosh. <laughs> so then I
1: go on the train. I'm like, holy friggin' moly! And I say my little thing. Good morning, on the small phone to start off the day on the right foot. It's a did you, you know, it is dedicated to you. And I, I, I point to the policeman who everybody has been watching what's going on there you know <laughs> is she getting around you know dedicated to you and you know and the train rolls off i mean these are like it would make a great movie so any of you who oh are gosh. you know looking for a good contact me you know i i'm i'm willing <laughs> so okay. so it sounds the train goes off and the next morning i'm at uh at the station waiting for the train and i see this group of three policemen coming towards me they're motioning to me and I'm like holy moly oh my god oh my god I'm really in for it now because you know I spoke up oh god they go are you are you the woman who was at you know this other station were you talking to a policeman and I said yeah they said do you know who that was I said no because that's the general you know like the director general i'm like oh oh my my god oh my god i'm like god help me help me help me help me i you know i'm like waiting for them to cart me off they said he told us about you and we want you to know that you can sing on the train
0: (laughs) i mean what you know i have to i have we uh, have to stop eliana because um we only have a few more minutes, and I just wanted to make sure that we get um, all your information out. Uh, do you have a website? Yeah, in fact, if there are any of you, so for
1: the book, it's voicesofeden.com/book. Okay. And there we have. In in um, in honor of the book's release, I've also put together a free workshop. So oh, that good. if you know, If what we're speaking about resonates with you, it's a workshop to discover how to confidently express your authentic self without anxiety. It's a free experiential workshop that helps you to get clear and connected to your own self-expression by aligning to your own you know, feminine archetype where Mm -hmm. you gain clarity on what's blocking your self-expression and you can go beyond your anxiety by recovering your own inner guidance. You can unleash your authentic voice by connecting to its true source and then tap into your self-leadership that will activate your power from the inside of you. Sounds
0: great. Okay. And so Um, you gave us both websites? Did you give us both? yeah well you'll find it at the top of the book site, and okay. you
1: can also find it directly at emerge triumphantnow dot com perfect
0: okay well thank you so much eliana It's been really great talking with you i I love to present just different ways of um, different perspectives of how to live the best life and um, your perspective is is obviously very unique um but i think that's important i, I try tried to give everybody the opportunity to, to experience every kind of, um, of of healing modality or ways self improvement modality uh, so that they can grab on to whatever resonates with them so i thank you for bringing your story and your your um wisdom, really. I mean, this is your wisdom to how to find ourselves and and, and and be whole within ourselves. Thank you for bringing that to us today. I know that you've been very inspiring to many. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You're welcome. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Take care.
1: Yeah.
0: Bye-bye.